0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Oh, Jack, Jack O'Hara. Boy, asking me some interesting
1: questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Ryder. Hey there,
0: Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara,
1: absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jackie, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing. I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I am so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh dude, she's probably gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, what? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today.
0: There is no better way, Mike. There is no better way to kick off some of our UFC talk in twenty twenty one. What a year it was in two thousand twenty, though. for a year that was totally bombarded with all of this nonsense, I, I think Dana White pulled off probably the biggest amount of success. Big, you know, like you could look at big, Vince biggest, McMahon in WWE biggest, pulling off the Thunderdome and everything. I think that I still think that's cool as a wrestling fan. But Dana White probably brought in more revenue this way than he did during uh, 2019, 2018, with the amount of classic fights that went down, as well as all the buzz heading into this year. I mean, we're kicking off this year with probably one of the bigger fights uh, uh, in recent history with McGregor and Poirier, getting the, the notorious one back in in the octagon. So what, what were your thoughts on the 2020 uh, campaign for uh, the ultimate fighting championship?
1: Yeah, I mean, while things were normal and, um, you know, the first part of the year, I feel like the UFC was kind of rolling the same way. And then I think they, they weren't able to have, uh, I think it was like two events due to covid then they had to move uh, UFC 249 maybe once or twice until they finally got that date where they had it take place. Um, so, you know, there was a couple weeks without fights, but there was no sports on. And when fights came back, I think they, I mean, they definitely did better than they ever were doing reason because nothing else was on and it draw, you know, and a little bit of a new crowd and got some new eyes on it. And, uh, probably carried over even once other sports came back and they created new fans they created you know new eyes uh on them and definitely had a win of a year even though 2020 was a little crazy but uh for the ufc and for fighting i think it was a little bit of a
0: win. And they got off to a hot start, too, because it was McGregor versus Cowboy to kick off the year. And well, he's doing the exact same thing this year, kicking off the year with arguably his biggest star in McGregor, who retired two more times in 2020, if you're counting. That's four times now that the guy's retired. At this point, it's like not even a publicity stunt. Like, why why are you retiring so many times? But uh, again, like you were alluding to, I think the first uh, organization or association or league that got back to work first was gonna draw in a major audience when it came to live streams and broadcasts and ratings because nothing else was on. Like you said, like the pandemic swiped everything. Uh, out of, out of uh, proportion. It, it took everything off the table when it came to live television broadcast in, in at least the sports world. So Dana White, uh, you know, no fucks given, he's going to get himself back to work as soon as possible. He's probably the only public figure out there that uh, uh, vehemently uh, went out of his way to s- support Donald Trump during the election, uh, which you got to respect, too. I mean, Dana White... Um, aside from Vince McMahon, is probably one of the more crazier SOBs out there when it comes to businessmen uh, adapting to new things and uh, being ahead of the curve, so to speak, when it comes to, again, uh, having that mentality to go ahead and say, F this, like you're going to build a a wall around us, we're just going to tear right through it. Because again, when it came to COVID protocols, there's none better than UFC right now. They're probably the most prone uh, to getting the disease, given that it's a contact sport, probably the biggest contact sport out there. And he still managed uh, to be uh, one of the more safer guys uh, for his for his sport than any other organization.
1: Yeah, when I actually was, and I think I might have mentioned this to you like weeks, weeks back, but when I was uh, when I had COVID and I was in isolation and quarantine. I, uh, I watched this four-episode documentary of the UFC and how they put on uh, Fight Island and how they came back, and Dana White got a whole bunch of shit, a whole bunch of shit for being the four, first sport coming back, coming back too early, this, that. How are you going to be safe? You know, Are you going to be safe enough, this, that? So, you know, that guy went through a hell of a stressful year of 2020, Although it was, it was definitely uh, well worth and he definitely um, found success and it was a big win for his company, the guy went through some tremendous stress uh, this year for sure. And uh, like you said, he had to give a lot of zero fucks given.
0: So let's start uh, this list because what again? It started uh, McGregor versus Cowboy. This is before the pandemic. How many shows did they actually get in before the pandemic? Because that started around the uh, twelfth. So yeah, so
1: they always they always strive. I I, I forget the exact number. It's either forty one or forty two shows a year. Now they typically have a pay per view a month. So they had McGregor versus Cowboy, January eighteenth. Then they had, uh, which was, that was UFC 246. Then UFC 247 on February 8th was Jones versus Reyes. Um, Then they had UFC 248, uh, Adesanya and Romero. That was March 7th. And that was the last pay-per-view before there was no fans. I I actually remember watching that because I just came back from uh, Atlantic City from the New Jersey state wrestling uh tournament.
0: Oh, look at you. And
1: um (laughs) well, I wasn't wrestling in it, but I was there. Uh then then COVID hit and then, you know, there was I think there was like one fight night before COVID hit and um then from there on it was COVID UFC. You know, and then the next event was UFC two forty nine with Ferguson and G.
0: Well, look at it this way. When COVID hit and they were the first ones back to work, they were the number one thing going. But if you look at these first three fights in January, so January 18th, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone. Uh, And and again, a 40-second fight, McGregor back better than ever. Again, I think we talked about it last year. He did not um, move an inch off of his perfectly quaffed comb over. Uh, And by the way, that hair is gone now. He's completely bald. Have you seen recent pictures of the guy?
1: Yeah, and I kind he looks of like, good. I, 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 yeah, I kind of like. He looks a, like he, he looks, looks bit, like
0: the Irish warrior.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's a little bit old school. I feel like you know he was growing... He let it go grow uh, long, and now he's kind of. I feel like back to that focus, McGregor, and it kind of shows by
0: his appearance now. No, but these first two months, McGregor, Cerrone. Then you had John Bones Jones versus Dominic Reyes which went to a decision. This is the second time they fought because Reyes was like the one competitor that kind of gave him a run for his money the first time around. And then in your third pay-per-view, so there were three pay-per-views before everything went down, UFC 248, you had Adesanya versus Yo Romero, which went to decision with a unanimous decision. I mean, those are three bonafide main events back-to-back-to-back. To back to back.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they were legit main events first of all you know you had the controversial uh fight with jones and reyes obviously mcgregor's big return and uh adesanya versus romero he, it was a good fight a lot of people complained about it but uh you know you also had joanna john Jacek versus versus Lee on that fight which was the co-main event um you know woman's title fight and fantastic fight uh so yeah they kicked it off the year with a bang and um you know, then a couple events got canceled, and they put on a super card for UFC 249.
0: Did they do UFC 249 and 250 together?
1: No, no, no. They did have UFC 250. It, but it, since there was there was actually some good fights uh, on UFC 250, but um, they had Amanda Nunez defend uh, the belt, the 145 pound belt against uh, Spencer. And um, there wasn't any other title fights on. There wasn't a huge amount of big, big names. And partially because they used all the big fighters, big name fighters, uh, in most of the divisions for UFC 249. So UFC 250 kind of flew under the radar because UFC 251 was Usman versus Masvidal with, you know, Volkanovski and Holloway and then Peter Yan. And Aldo, and it was just the huge um ufc pay-per-view of the summer in july like they always try
0: to do right and you had yeechi ferguson at 249 and then you split that and gap it with that huge main event for 251 i could totally see how that went under the radar yeah was it a uh, jose versus henry as well at ufc 250
1: jose versus henry what do you mean
0: Or was that supposed to happen? Because I'm looking at the UFC schedule on Fox Sports. It said Saturday, May 9th, Henry Cejudo versus Jose Aldo.
1: So so that was supposed to be scheduled. And, um, you know, when the UFC had the year laid out before all this happened, um, stuff just got pushed and moved around. And what ended up happening was Henry Cejudo was supposed to face um, Aldo, and then he got pushed up. And Aldo couldn't go because he couldn't leave his country, and uh, Peter Jan couldn't fight him, so they just pushed the Cruz into UFC 249. So there was a lot of there was a lot of fights that were supposed to happen at different dates, and then they just kind of condensed.
0: Interesting, and then after that, it was basically a bunch of fight nights, and we'll get into those because I do I did enjoy a lot of the fight nights this year as well. I think I thought Dana White did a tremendous job with those matchups as well. Uh, but the next big pay per view was the one that we commentated, which was Stipe versus DC. Uh, the 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 trilogy, which uh, Stipe, after getting uh, uh, after blinding Daniel Cormier, almost got the decision, unanimous decision after the fifth round. Uh, we talked about that that night. Uh, again, it, we commentated the entire thing, which was kind of hard, but at the same time, very rewarding. At the very end of it, we had our Jim Beam with us, so that helped. Um, the, what did you think of, of that main event? Because that, that's probably one of those main events that'll go down as probably one of the top in 2020, if not the Geechee Ferguson fight. I think the Geechee Ferguson fight will always be the fight that everyone remembers. Uh, at least in my eyes, it's the fight that's going to stand out to me when I think UFC 2020, it's Geechee's upset win. But uh, the, the, the the trilogy between Stipe and DC, I think, was one for the record books, too.
1: Yeah, as far as being competitive and uh, being a main event, you could say main event for the whole entire year, fight nights including, but as far as a main event, uh, competitive-wise and for pay-per-view, it was probably the best out of any pay-per-view main event uh competitive wise you know it was back and forth um you made arguments where each fighter won a round and um it was fun to watch you know these two fought once uh twice before both beat each other uh it was the trilogy it was highly anticipated and they delivered you know what i mean not not a lot of times, even in rematches, we've seen it, Jack. Um, and it's it, it was like UFC uh, 205 with Woodley and Thompson. The first fight was fantastic and then the second, a little bit of a letdown, just because of how good the first fight is. Um, these two fighters, they didn't, you know, let the fans down at all, in any of the three fights. So, to then go and perform in the trilogy the way they did, I almost think you have to say, uh, out of the pay-per-views competitively main event. It was probably the best, you know, because in a lot of these main events, you know, McGregor dusted Cowboy. I mean, you can make the argument John Jones versus Reyes was up there too, but, you know, there was some controversy. I Stipe definitely clearly won, you know, I don't know. I, my vote would be Stipe um, and Cormier. But, you know, you look at these others, Ferguson, Gaethje. Gaethje dominated that fight, you know. Um, Usman Masvidal, Usman dominated. um, And I'm speaking as far as a a main event for pay-per-views. I think you got to give it to them because Adesanya completely dominated Costa. uh, Khabib completely dominated Gaethje. And I'm just, you know, going through each... um, Pay per view main event. I guess you could make uh, the argument for the most recent pay per view main event between Figueredo versus Moreno. Uh, that was back and forth and that was very entertaining, especially from a weight class where not a lot of people have eyes on and um, where a lot of finishes come from. You know, that that went to decision. Figueredo, well, it ended up coming into a draw, I believe, or a majority draw where Figueredo held the belt. Maybe not a draw. Maybe one uh, official um, gave it a draw, but the other two gave it a figure But anyway, um, you know, it was close, and there was back and forth. So I'd say those two fights, you make the argument where competitively, i, I, I give them the edge over the rest of them. Because every other fighter or fight, there was one fighter who just dominated. You know what I mean?
0: And uh, you got to give credit there too for Figueredo and Moreno, uh, two quickest what the two quickest turnarounds in UFC history. They literally fought at back to back pay per views, both of them.
1: That too, yes. You, and that's and they put on a fantastic show. I didn't even think of bringing that up, but you're right, um, which makes that main event even more so impressive, um, going the distance and, and taking a beating from each other.
0: So what would you say, pay-per-view-wise, was your favorite fight of the year?
1: Favorite fight or favorite event?
0: Uh, do both. Surprise me.
1: <laughs> event, you know, I think you got to go UFC 249. You know, it was so stacked. Um, the, the main event, obviously, Gaethje upsetting Ferguson. Not many people but you. Uh, saw that coming. yep. And, uh, you know, you had great fights up and down. You know, you had Francis's wild knockout over Jarzinho uh, Rosenstrike. You had Calvin Cater having a fantastic knockout over Jeremy Stevens. And then you had um, Henry Cejudo beating Dominic Cruz. Just some great fights put on and also great performances. Um, obviously, there were some super cards such as UFC 251 uh, in the summer with Usman uh, and Masvidal and the other title fights, but I don't know. I think just coming off of uh, being the first, you know, fight back, fight card back um, after the pandemic hit, UFC 249 was definitely it for me. And fight of the year for me personally, you know, I think you had a lot of, Contenders, obviously, I think Figueredo versus Moreno being one of them, uh, Poirier versus Hooker being one of them. Um, but I'm actually giving it to a pair of females. I'm giving it to Zhang Weili and Joanna Jacek from UFC 248. Uh, that fight was just insane. Like I remember watching it and being like, "How the hell are these two taking this damage?" They just beat the shit out of each other. They hit so fast and hard for their their weight. They're light and fast. It just was unbelievable. Yoana had a huge hematoma on her head. She looked like an alien. Um, they both were just hitting each other with stuff I don't even know how they didn't get knocked down from. And they went on for five rounds. So for me, it was it was insane.
0: That's but, interesting. And right yeah. off the bat, my fight of the year... Because I didn't think you were gonna go that. I was gonna go Figueroa Moreno uh, at, at at the very end there, at 256, I think it was. Uh,
1: I, I think that's definitely. An, it's gotta be an argument. It does. I mean,
0: for for both of them to come back on literally, I bo- how many days was it? Literally one pay per view later for both of it, them it to come like back.
1: It was the
0: quickest turnaround in, in in the sports history for both men. Uh, and they and they showed up. I mean they both showed up to fight. I mean the mentality you have to have to do that on a moment's notice. Again, it was probably no more than 3 weeks notice, maybe even less. Uh, for them to come back after fighting at the at the uh, 255 pay-per-view, I mean, that's astonishing to me. And then I always go back for, you know, the shows of the year, those first three, McGregor and Cerrone, and then you had Jones-Reyes, uh, and then you had Adesanya versus Romero. Those are uh, one, two, three punch, first three months of the year before the pandemic hit. But, this, again, the show of the year has got to be 249. First one back from the pandemic, Fight Island. Uh, Khabib can't, can't, can't go because he's got to fly back to Russia because he can't fight and uh Tony Ferguson who had everything to lose in that scenario ends up the loser because Justin Geechee comes out of nowhere the opportunity of a lifetime and I told you this 8 months ago when we did that podcast I'm like there's I totally see him picking up the win of his life here uh to skyrocket his career and he ends up getting a giant title fight against Khabib which obviously we all know how that turned out Khabib uh, Took care of business like he always does. Undefeated, retired in the, in the middle of the octagon. We'll see where that goes though, because he is going to talk to Dana White in a few weeks at Fight Island. Uh, but that's probably one of the bigger moments. Again, I'm going UFC 249 there, but uh, UFC. Uh, I forget, what was it 253, 254 with Khabib versus uh, Justin Geechee. I think that was one of the big bigger moments of 2020 when Khabib retired.
1: That was probably the biggest moment, yeah. you know, and I think everyone in the sport uh, felt for him. And and I even said it to you uh, when we did the pre-fight pod. I said, you know, Jack, I don't – and I was sitting in an empty room. I hadn't talked to anyone uh, face-to-face in a few days, and I was like um, – I was sitting in the room because I had COVID. But, um, I just felt – I was like, Jack, I feel like there's an energy right now that's bigger than normal and bigger than a a specific pay-per-view. Maybe because I was watching so many videos and and interviews but I just felt this energy on both sides. There was just tremendous stories behind each fighter going into that main event. And uh, obviously, how could you not feel for Habib after that fantastic
0: performance? And what we were talking about this before. He's going to be at Fight Island for this McGregor-Poirier fight?
1: So, yeah, I don't know if he'll be – I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be there at the fight. Um, So there will be fans at these fights on Abu Dhabi, limited capacity, but uh, Dana White has said in a couple of interviews that uh, Habib will be on Fight Island, and as soon as he's going to get there, uh, they're going to meet and discuss and talk about Habib's future, and um, they're going to figure it out. And I'm assuming Dana's going to let the media know relatively soon – after they discuss you know and I'm assuming that discussion will happen within 24 hours of Habib arriving to Abu Dhabi when he arrives I have no clue um but I just know that that meeting will take place
0: and is is he going to talk to Dana White or is he just there for the fun of it
1: probably a combination of both I'm 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 sure he wants to see McGregor versus Poirier you know I he probably would just want to see it um And he's probably also going to talk to Dana. He probably hasn't seen Dana since they left uh, Fight Island at one time. And um, I'm assuming he wants to see, you know, some people obviously that work with the UFC and that he's close with, and it's just an opportunity also to leave where he is uh, and, you know, be around the UFC community. Um, I think just multiple reasons, you know, I think it works out. Obviously they could have a phone call uh, probably a face-to-face meeting. Race. And Dana probably requested it of him because uh, Dana has said, you know, he's going to really try and press and do the biggest, best job he can to get one more fight out of Khabib. So we'll see.
0: And we've talked about it over and over and over and over again with uh, you know Khabib and retiring in the middle of the Octagon. Dana White right away saying like. Yeah, it was an emotional moment, but he's probably going to rethink that in the coming days, coming weeks, coming months and about trying to chase that even number cuz what is he 39 and 0? He'd be 40 and 0. He'd be chasing uh,
1: 29 and then he, he 29 be and th-
0: I always get that wrong for yeah. some reason.
1: Well, it's it screwed up cuz then you think of like Floyd and Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Too many goats he's out up there, there, dude. Too.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: And we'll get into Floyd later, because he's got a big fight in, in the next few weeks as well against a top contending yeah. Uh, challenger. So,
1: yeah, top challenger, uh, fantastic fighter. Absolutely fantastic fighter.
0: So stay uh, tuned, tuned for that.
1: With, and for, for people who can't see me right now, that is said with 100% sarcastic.
0: Mike's a very sarcastic son of a bitch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that that fight to me is uh, inevitable I think Habib will come back and chase that uh, uh, that pristine 30 and 0. who who is challenger will be who knows because he hasn't been stripped of the title has he
1: no and, and Dana won't do it and I think until he has that meeting I think if he can't get uh, even a percent of Habib to say possibly you know what I mean um, I think if there's any percent on the fence of maybe having another fight, I think Dana will let him hold on to that title until Habib, you know, gives him the 100% no. Um, And obviously he's going to do a lot of feeling out the situation when he talks to Habib as well to see what's going to go on uh, and what he thinks could be, you know, a potential case. But we'll see. Um, You know, Habib has uh, run through a lot of divisions, so it's going to have to be a fighter who, who comes up uh, and really impresses him, and, and uh, you know motivates him to get back. Or I don't really know if there's going to be. You know, I, I think they would have made a, a fight with him with a heavier fighter, such as you know 170 pound fighter, um, if they were going to do that. But I don't think they are. You know what I mean? I think that would have been something he would have said. You know, motivates me. But um, that was not a situation, so I think he would stay at the 155 pound division. And he probably views, you know, if Connor wipes all these guys out, I ran through Conor. What's what's there there for me? You know, I was better than him. And Habib doesn't need the money. Habib's just motivated by competition. So if there is none, why does he need a fight? Well,
0: that's right. what I was gonna ask you, like to put yourself in Habib's shoes, in Habib's body. Like if you're sitting there with Dana White uh, next Saturday night, January twenty third, in the back in catering. What, what what type of carrot does he got to dangle in front of your face in order to be like, okay, I'll come back for that? Because like you just said, McGregor would probably be the biggest fight, but been there, done that, he ran through him. I mean, he ran through basically his entire team after the fight. Um, and Basically, there's no other young and up-and-coming guys that would probably attract him to come back.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think there is um, much that Danaway can do. First of all, because Khabib has so mu- uh, so much money, and for where habib lives in the world um and what the u.s dollar is worth he's even more rich because of that um and i think that you know like i said it, it's competition so i think habib would have to tell dana look i think this guy might be able to you know motivate me um put him up in the number one contender fight and if he wins i'll come back you know they might do that um but who you know the only guy i could say maybe is charles Oliveira who just beat tony ferguson and Oliveira looked very scary in that fight um so if he runs through someone you know maybe the winner of um connor and Corrier, or maybe if he beats Justin gaethje we'll see um but I also think a big thing for Habib leaving this division is uh, someone who's very close to him, Islam Makachev, a uh, training partner who fights in the same division. I think Habib wants him to be able to go up the rankings and maybe challenge for that title. And I don't think Habib wants to be the, the, the champion when Islam has his time. You know, he doesn't want to fight it's like fighting your little brother. You know, you don't want to do that. So, um, I don't blame him. And I think he wants to let him have his time. And, uh, another thing is, is, you know, when you've trained your whole life, I think, you know, and you've achieved everything. It's almost like a Henry Cejudo type thing. You've worked so hard your whole entire life. You finally have had fulfillment and success. You know, now you can take that and, and give it to some other people and do some other things. and, have a little bit of fun with your life because those people, those fighters, um, they dedicated themselves. You know, they, they did a lot that, uh, the average kid didn't do because they didn't make the same sacrifices. You know what I mean? So I think now, even though they're young and you say, Oh, you know, they're just in their prime. Like, what could they do? But you know what? They did so much growing up to get where they are and that's why they're so good. And, um, retiring early might not be such a bad thing in their mind because of it, you know what I mean? How
0: many times have we seen people retire younger, though, and then just be uh, enticed to come back, though? I don't think there's ever been one pure retirement where it's like, oh, he was in the prime of his career, perfect time to retire, wish him all the best, but then he comes back.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, two things there, you know, the passion for the sport and motivation and competition. You know, you, you start to wonder, you know, Is he better than me? Yeah. You know, know, no one was better than me. I'm going to prove it. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing. And also just another thing is, you know, you just love competing. You just love that, you know, and these fighters obviously do it. That's why they fight. So um, it's hard to say, but we're going to hear news soon. So I'm excited to to hear that.
0: And just uh, to go back, you were talking about some of the fights kind of leading up to his retirement. Uh, You got to give our condolences to Tony Ferguson's title chances as well as his chances to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov because it took him, uh, what, six tries? Six tries and uh, no cigar for for Mr. Tony Ferguson. He loses the big fight recently against Oliveira, which was heart-shattering for him, I'm sure, because that was a make-or-break fight for him. Now he's literally at the bottom of the the totem pole.
1: Yeah, we, we won't see that fight, and you know what? I was super upset by it, but i kind of accepted it. Um, I realized that it's not ever going to happen. Obviously, probably because Habib might not ever fight again, but um, also just that Tony Ferguson needs to get his groove back. Um, you know, he's got to fight a lower ranked opponent and just try and climb. You know, but. I think more so than anything, it just shows how good Charles Oliver is. He's super, super, super good. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I didn't even realize he was that good um, until he defeated Tony Ferguson. But it should be interesting to see, you know, those two, how, you know, they pan out in this division. Uh, It's going to be interesting, you know, because Tony's obviously got to bounce back. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's washed up. I just think that he's fighting the best fighters there are, you know, and some guys might just be better than him. And Obviously, um, Olivera was that night, and, um, you know, Tony, Tony seems to be a better five-round fighter, which is how it is. So we'll see.
0: Did he have two or three fights this year? Two after the, the Gigi loss?
1: No, no, no. Um, that was Gigi loss and and Oliveira.
0: Wasn't he supposed to fight before Oliveira though?
1: Yeah, there was talks that he was going to fight uh, Dustin Poirier actually, and then they just could never—they never could put that fight together.
0: So he literally went from number one contender to having to fight for the interim belt, basically like okay, like an exhibition, just to like keep myself going. You lose that fight, biggest upset of the year. Pushing you back in line, and then you they lose Oliveira. To yeah. yeah, and now he's just toast. I mean, you gotta feel he for is, that. He is
1: ranked number five, so you know if you beat, it's tough. You know, because now Dan Hooker is is. Uh, There's a lot of up
0: and comers that really impressed over the past few months well, too.
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, Dan Hooker is gonna fight Michael Chandler obviously on on UFC 257. So. To be honest with you, I think no matter what Chandler does, as long as Chandler doesn't get smoked, I think they're going to insert him into the rankings, which could hurt Ferguson. Um, Dan Hooker gets a win. He's probably going to go above Ferguson. Ferguson's the number fifth ranked. Dan Hooker's number six. So win for Dan Hooker, I think he gets put above Ferguson. And uh, a win for Chandler, I, I, he probably goes above Ferguson too. So we're gonna see, you know. Obviously, uh, some stuff's gonna move around after this pay-per-view of U- UFC 257, and then you know we're gonna see how it works out from there. Uh, surprisingly, Conor is ranked number four. Dustin Poirier number two. Justin Gaethje number one, and Charles Oliveira number three. Either one of McGregor or Poirier wins, they're gonna be bumped instantly to number one. It's just how it's gonna be. And uh, I think. What makes sense for all of them and Gaethje both is just to have them fight
0: each other. Which would be a tremendous fight. I'd look forward to that fight. And and I, and I think Khabib's impending return or retirement is the biggest uh, thing going on right now for this McGregor-Poirier fight because it's either a number one contender bout or it's just kind of again like a, another exhibition for Connor to draw in fans.
1: You know, yeah, I, I think this fight for both fighters though it, it means more. It really, when you think about this. I would say the best two fighters in the division besides Habib are Dustin and Connor. So this really is uh, a title fight when you think about it, just if Habib's retired, you know. That's how I view it. This 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 fight is for the best of one fifty five minus Habib. Yeah. You know, there's an asterisk there, but whatever.
0: So, with everything lining up, I mean, we always kind of try to look months in ahead get into Dana White's mindset about what he's going to put on the cards moving forward. What do you think could potentially be the biggest fight in 2021 when it's all said and done?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was actually something I was thinking about earlier today, you know, because there's so many fights that can happen, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, if Habib fights again, it's got to be huge, you know what I mean? Um, but also, you know, John Jones has been silent. Well, not quite silent on social media, um, but he's going up the heavyweight. And when he makes his return, that's going to be big. That could be the biggest fight of 2021 when you think about it. Uh, John Jones in a new weight class potentially fighting for the heavyweight belt. If he's the heavyweight champ at the end of 2021, I think that's huge and it could be the biggest moment of 2021. You know, it, it just shows that he is the GOAT of MMA.
0: Which would lead to a Jones-Stipe M&M. fight.
1: What, uh, what do you mean? Oh, Jones and Stipe, yeah. Now, I think Jones, well, actually, Stipe is supposed to fight Francis Ngannou in the spring, early spring. But Jones will probably fight the winner. Um, but Jones is supposed to fight at heavyweight, that she, you know. He's moving up to heavyweight. I think he will fight at heavyweight in 2021. Um, and I don't think Jones takes any other fight than the title fight, you know, when it's ready, when they're offering it to him. You know what I mean? So I think that is gigantic. Um, obviously, you know, our guy Henry Cejudo, if he returned, that's gigantic. Uh, whether he returns to flyweight, bantamweight, or goes up to featherweight and challenges... Wilkinovsky, or whoever's the champion at the time, um, I think that would be gigantic as well.
0: Boomer bust. Does Brock Lesnar return to MMA in 2021? We ask ourselves this every single year because it would be a huge coup for UFC as well as us to watch him back in a UFC octagon. We haven't seen him since what he fought, Mark Hunt. In 2016, UFC 200, yeah. they had to bring in a big fight, and he was contracted by both WWE and UFC to fight. And then he teased, and, he teased the conversation, pushing DC in the middle of the Octagon after his big win. We never got to see the DC Lesnar fight that we all dreamed about for so many years, because now DC's done. Uh, but Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, Brock Lesnar versus Stipe Miocic? Question mark. I'd love to see it.
1: I think those are big fights, and that could be arguably the biggest fight of 2021 if it happened. And if you're gonna see Brock return ever, it's got to be this year, I think. Uh, but I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna say we never see Brock compete in MMA again.
0: Well, that's disappointing. That is and not that the answer so I expected. You know,
1: I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge Brock fan, but I just I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got so much money on the table, whether it's from Vince in WWE or Tony Khan in AEW. I mean, it's so much easier for him to just show up, uh, take a few bumps in the wrestling ring when it's all planned out and storylined. Uh, he makes so much more money. I mean, I mean, if, if his heart's in it, which nobody really knows, he's out in Saskatchewan somewhere hunting, hunting down some deer, elk, whatever... Uh, so I don't know I mean for him Brock Lesnar is going to do whatever the hell Brock Lesnar wants to do we've said it so many times uh, but I'd love to see him in, in the octagon I mean John Jones beats A. Lesnar comes back to face John Bones Jones that's probably the biggest fight in UFC history to date
1: yeah I'd say so I mean <sighs> look I, I, I'd love um, to see Brock return you know, you just said everything of why he probably won't. But uh, we're going to see Jones return. And I think regardless of who Jones fights, whether it's got, it's probably it's going to be Steve or Francis, whoever's the champion, that's got to be the biggest fight of 2021, at least of what we could predict. Um, again, unless Habib returns. And I'd probably say John Jones versus the heavyweight champ is even bigger than Henry Cejudo just because of. Just to, to casualize, you know what I mean? Um, maybe not to fight fans' eyes or to me me and your eyes, but uh, to a casuals fan, uh, fan's eyes, I'd say John Jones going up to heavyweights has got to be the biggest one that you could predict. But I will say, as far as what is scheduled, Israel Adesanya versus Jan Botchwitz, um that's something that I'm excited for and I'm interested to see. Obviously, Israel moving up from heavyweight to challenge, jan who is the light heavyweight champion um that's that's exciting and it's i mean i'd say i'm more excited to see connor versus poirier but the second fight that i'm most excited to see has got to be that just because of israel moving up i want to see how he does against a bigger guy and uh israel has been talking a lot of shit to john jones saying you know he's gonna he would beat john in a fight and they've shit talked a shit ton could we see Israel fight, John? I don't know. I
0: I, th- I, I I think I would there. sign up for that fight over Jones being uh, bumped up to heavyweight. If that fight's I, on the I table, would, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat.
1: I would too, but I don't know. Now, John now moving up to heavyweight and Israel now deciding to move up to light heavyweight. It's like, okay, well, why didn't we just do this before? You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see. You know, Obviously, Israel's got to beat Jan before anything. Uh, cause if he loses, it's like, well, how are you going to fight John Jones? You know, John Jones wiped out this division. Um, and he couldn't be the 205 champ with the asterisk, not John Jones or Daniel Cormier. So that's there
0: as well. So in your expertise, like if you were a betting man, which again, at this point, I guess we could both admit that we are, uh, yeah john jones being bumped up to heavyweight or a john jones adesanya fight in 2021 what's the more likely scenario
1: oh john jones at heavyweight 100 percent. I, I think john is definitely gonna fight in heavy in the heavyweight division in 2021 um against who can't say right now until that title fight between steve Bate and francis happens um I think we will eventually get Asanya versus Jones, but it just—I don't think it'll be this year. It could be next year, 2022.
0: Here's another boomer bust for you: uh, Conor McGregor champion again in 2021. Yes. You think so?
1: And I said I said that with confidence and fast. Um, yeah, as long as Habib is is done, and and look, the only way I really like everyone's saying like you know what makes sense for Habib next the winner of Corey and McGregor. I, I, I disagree. I think if Habib comes back, give him a new guy or a legend a legend fight, not for the belt. And um, that's it. You know, like I don't think have him fight anyone that he's fought before. That's just my personal preference. Um, and if Habib stays retired, obviously he ain't gonna be champ. So I think McGregor's the best in there other than uh, Habib. The only guy I, I'd say could give Conor problems is probably Charles Oliveira, and that's if Oliveira gets him to the ground. I think Conor's the best striker in that division, without a doubt. And I think we're going to see that when he fights Poirier at UFC 250, uh, yeah, 257. And, and it's going to be a huge fight, too,
0: because that determines huge. whether your prediction is right or not. Because if McGregor loses, uh, big win for Poirier... McGregor, yeah. at the, he still has star. He's always going to have star power. Like Dana's always going to bring him back if he wants to fight. But he's in no position to win a title, or even be in title con- contention if he loses. Because what his last fight was again a, a smoke show against Cowboy. But before that, he was obliterated by Khabib. Like there was really yeah. no excuse for that. He had to take that one on the chin. There was really nothing you could look at. He was just outfought, strategized by a better fighter. And looking back at that 2 years ago now, like you can honestly say Khabib was the better fighter in that fight. So this is a huge fight I think for Conor McGregor if he still has uh that 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 warrior mentality in him and in like that fire inside of his soul that wants to be a champion again in the UFC.
1: I agree with you. And I think, um, Connor has, Connor fought Habib probably the best. Uh, look, let's say Connor did the best out of any, any other, uh, fight that Habib has had, you know, he, he made it the, the, well, yeah, he, he made it the longest and uh, I think he did the best. Um, but I also think that that was a Connor that wasn't as motivated uh, as he normally is. Um, a lot of distractions. You know, I can make excuses for Connor, But if he goes out there and starches Dustin Fourier, I see how people make the argument. You know, like Connor's more motivated. Connor's just in a better place right now to fight Habib again. But I still think Habib is going to just go in there and go to the ground. You know, I don't think – I think – Khabib will realize like I don't want to strike with him, but I want to take him down. Um, but you know, there's a lot of what ifs with this. You know what I mean? So many what ifs. Obviously, we gotta see how Connor and Dustin that fight how that goes, and then we also have to see what Khabib says to Daniel. Um But there's a lot of what ifs.
0: What if Connor beats Dustin and contends for a lightweight title down the road? What if Khabib? returns after announcing his retirement a few months ago. What if Brock Lesnar returns to MMA in 2021? But the biggest what if I want to ask you, Mike, is what if, by some stretch of the imagination, hell freezes over, what if Logan Paul defeats the greatest boxer of our generation in Floyd Money Mayweather Jr.? I can see it now. Logan Paul's hand being raised after... Uh, uh, what, a 12-round fight? No, he will not knock him out. Floyd Mayweather, I don't think, will ever, ever be knocked out. Just because of his own fight strategy. You know, like, he just waits it out.
1: In my opinion, um... I don't know. I know Floyd's getting older, but, like, unless you put him in against just this young dog who's going to outwork him just because Floyd's getting older... Uh. Floyd's only way of losing is probably getting knocked out. So if Paul doesn't knock him out, Floyd's going to just rip him apart all around. You know what I mean? Like, Floyd's just a a boxer. And I know we talked about this a little bit last time. You know, Jake Paul, he's just – he doesn't train nearly as long. He doesn't know nearly as much. It doesn't matter about the size. Look how – all right, think about this. Conor McGregor is a mixed martial artist. He was beating Floyd, right? Right. But why did Floyd win? Because he had more knowledge of boxing, and he was a better boxer. And Conor, and Conor McGregor use, uses striking. His, his striking is his biggest strength in MMA, and he still used it against. Conor, you know, I just think that Floyd knows too much. He's too good at what he does to lose against a, a jerk off. I'm, I'm gonna curse. Um Logan Paul and the Pauls are a bunch of fucking tools. And um, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Everyone's going to see it. It's just it's going to happen. It's, it's almost a waste. A waste of time, a waste of energy, and certainly a waste of goddamn money that people are going to pay, and that son of a bitch is going to get money for fighting Floyd Mayweather. I think it's so ridiculous. That it was
0: Mayweather's team's time. call, though. Can you blame him? Can you blame him for wanting to trash-talk yeah, Floyd Money Mayweather? Really, and can you can you blame Jake Paul to for wanting to, to trash-talk Conor McGregor? Because those are marquee fights Floyd that are going to make them, them tons Floyd? of money.
1: Why does Floyd need the money? Really. He has so much to begin with. He's
0: in debt, and dude. He's, he's always been him. in debt. He's always been in debt, but he
1: always has these fights and makes a crazy amount of money. He has Mayweather promotions. He he trains boxers. He has gyms. Like,
0: And then he spends know. all of those paychecks on $30,000 fur coats. The guy is a spending machine. He has no idea how to manage his money. It's laughable.
1: After all, this time, after all this time, you still think that? He does like not learn from his things.
0: mistakes. The guy was I in debt for years. Connor
1: spends like a motherfucker, but it seems like Connor's doing fine financially. I mean, as of right now, I guess he's young. I guess in a couple of years we could find out that he's in some debt, but he seems all right right now, like and we know Connor spends. We also know Connor has you know his whiskey out and his clothing brand out. but it, I, I think I, I think know.
0: Connor's a smarter businessman
1: i I could agree I think with he that. battled think, a no, lot more
0: I think he went through a lot more stress and battled a lot more adversity in his early days coming up. Uh, in order to earn the spot that he's in today uh, compared to Floyd Mayweather who grew up with a father who was a great boxer in his own right. An
1: uncle. And uncle exactly.
0: So like he was kind yeah, of yeah, bored, you know, born and bred right. into what he did where Conor McGregor had to scratch and claw in order to get his way to the top. His wife, then girlfriend there, was with him through thick and thin, going through all of that, when they literally were making $130 a week just trying to uh, afford their own rent, you know? So I think Conor McGregor kind of values more of the the lifestyle that he has now today, obviously. Like you said, he does spend a lot of stuff on, a lot of money on a lot of ridiculous stuff, but I think now he's a father, he's got two kids now, a boy and a girl. I think he values, um, I I don't want to say he values his family more, but at the same time, Floyd Mayweather, again, like just I don't think he values uh, the people around him as much as Conor McGregor does. Like, I, I was looking on, because uh, uh, this fight's going to be on FanMeo, uh, which is like the latest uh, fan celebrity experience out there for like an app, because there's the Cameo app, and Floyd Mayweather has given out, or er, for a cameo, it's $1,000 for Floyd Mayweather. And if you look on some of those, they're like 10-second videos. He's just like, keep your head up. Let's go. Like, just stupid stuff. Uh, And people are paying $1,000 for that. I don't think he cares about um, uh, the the little things like Connor does.
1: You're right. You know, you hit that. um, you, You made a lot of great points. And like you're saying, I don't think Floyd cares about his fans as much as Connor does. Um, Connor Conor cares about his country, cares about his fans, his family, how he was raised. Uh, yes, he had some issues. Yes, he's a crazy guy. And I think that's just part of the nature of being so talented and so good at fighting. You know, you see a lot of these good fighters. A lot of them are a little bit crazy. Um, and they have a little bit of issues outside of, of the ring or octagon. But like you just said, I think he values a lot more than Floyd. And that, that's, you're right. That's why he's a little bit wiser and a little bit more humble uh, with his choices. He's always been smart. Three. You know, you just hear it through how he talks and and how he's negotiated in the past. The guy's smart. You know, you could hate him, you could love him, but you got to respect him. You just got to. You know, this guy, we've been fans of him. This is, he's who brought us into the UFC, you know, and, uh, you
0: got to respect the guy. Uh, what was I going to say? I mean, if he was the closest one, I think, re- in recent memory. Obviously, the guy retired a few times, but he was the closest in recent memory that stood a chance against Floyd Mayweather. But to your credit, uh, just he, he, his savviness, his expertise, his knowledge yeah. when it came there's to the been, sport. There's been some close
1: ones. Um, but at the same time, there's been some criticism of fighters who fought Floyd and what Floyd did against those fighters. Even you could criticize Floyd against Connor, you know, using the rules to his advantage, you know, turning away bullshit, and you know, Connor showed that he's a good striker in that fighter in that fight, even though he lost. But um, you know. Floyd's still uh, who Floyd is, you know. Floyd in his prime is arguably the best boxer of
0: all time. I mean, another thing I'll say about Conor, though, is that he, you know that he can handle losing. Like I said, his upbringing, the way how he had to fight for everything, he went through so much failure growing up, which has led to his stardom uh, uh kind of building him up in order to battle everything uh, like a man. Like, every time he loses, he's like, all right, I'm just going to take this one on the chin, we'll move forward, we'll bounce back, and then he does. You know, you saw that with Nate Diaz. You, I, I mean, obviously the guy's never lost, so you can't really say that Floyd Mayweather... Like, there's no instance where you can say Floyd Mayweather handled losing well. We saw it with Ronda Rousey. I think she handles losing terribly. Um, I think that's safe to say. She literally didn't show her face for almost two years after losing yeah. to Holly Holm. And then she loses again to Amanda Nunez, and she leaves the sport entirely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I mean, this is the guy I would not want Floyd to lose to at all. I mean, could you imagine the amount of publicity and positive feedback that, that the Paul brothers would get uh, from this, or at least Logan Paul, and then, of course, that'll signify a Jake Paul uh, fight attempt against Conor McGregor sometime down the road because he's been calling him out for months.
1: But notice Conor won't say anything. Why Conor smart and Conor won't give this douchebag the light of day. And that, you can't give them the lay today. You just can't, you know? Um, actually, I saw this today that one of Connor's sparring partners uh, actually kind of started shooting fire at uh, Jake Paul, and Jake Paul started shooting fire back at him. Let that happen. The guy's 15-1. and one. He's an Irish boxer. He's legit. He trains with Conor. Uh, He'd probably like the shit out of Jake Paul. He probably would. So let that happen, you know? Um but, yeah, th- really, it's the attention. These fighters, you know, they this is what the YouTubers are looking for. They're looking for attention, and then you give it to them, uh, and they hope that they could get a huge money fight, and they're getting paid, and if they lose, they don't care. It's, it's a win-win for these guys, you know? They win, they're like, wow, I just beat so-and-so. You know, it's, it's annoying, and it's frustrating. But um, Con- I think Conor's doing the right thing of... I- how he's handling it, not even
0: responding to the guy. Yeah, well, Judgment Day is coming for Logan Paul for sure. February 21st, remember, it's on FanMeo, Mayweather versus Paul. We got McGregor Poirier coming up next Saturday. We're 11 days out from that, January 23rd. Uh, the first MMA show of 2021, the first of many, Mike. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold
1: out. It's her freaking birthday. Aw, oh, dude. She's definitely totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used Tick Wait, what'd you say? Tick Pick. Look. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, Tick I thought you said Tick Pick. No hidden fees. Download today.